This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up Podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. This week was different and interesting and super cool. So I've got some cool stuff to share. First of all, last week I talked a little bit about a friend of mine who I recently met, Jen Zanotti, Gen Z. She's got a a whole beauty services business. But what I didn't explain about Jen, as well as also, you know, sharing her pro tips on self-care, which I thought were great. Uh, What I didn't share about Jen is that she teaches and has competed in jujitsu. We got to talking about the fact that I've been looking for something to work, some workout, something different, because I've, while I've done a lot of workouts at home, it's becoming increasingly obvious to me that I need to get out of the house and I need to get some alone time. And that might be in the form of doing something healthy for my body, i.e., workouts. So I've been researching some areas, things that maybe even have childcare or whatnot or this, that, and the other. And Jen said, I'd love to try to show you a little bit of jujitsu and see if it even appeals to you because it's not for everybody. And I said, yeah, I'd like, sure. I mean, I used to do taekwondo when I was younger. I, you know, increased, you know, fairly high as a young kid, you know, so not that I competed because I never did. And I said, I said, I'm not really interested in competition. Is this something I can just do as like a workout, stress relief, that whole thing? And she said, absolutely, 100%. So I went and I met with her and oh my gosh, it was a total amazing first of all was an amazing workout like let's just start there but second of all it really challenged me mentally because you get really close to your partner so you know it's not like you're just doing moves by yourself like in taekwondo you do a, I mean yes you do a lot of you do combat but most of the stuff that I learned were more like moves and you know how to put your body in positioning and things like that this is the same thing but it's all with another person so you get real close and the whole point is either you are in defense or you're in attack which again that's common but you're real close doing these things and first of all I'm an introvert for the most part I know that surprises people when I tell them that but it's true so the energy has to be right for me to feel like okay I can do this and second of all most of my work in theater has is combat done with a choreographer it's very you don't get close like this without intimacy choreographers which hello we need to be hiring those okay that's my little PSA we need to be hiring intimacy choreographers if we're doing anything having to do with love scenes kissing any sort of intimate contact please hire intimacy choreographers. Okay, I said my piece on that. Uh, Same thing with actual fight combat choreographers. Please hire them. Please hire a fight coordinator, please. Because you can get real hurt. And I've been in shows where they didn't hire them. And man, it could have been a very bad thing. Anyway, my point is, everything's fake. You know, there's not, you're not actually like, in it to you know you're in it to share the truth of the story and try to make it look as real as possible but there's no like you're not actually smacking somebody you're not actually choking them you're not you know everything is done with the control of the person who's being attacked that's how it's supposed to be done in jujitsu 
the same thing. You trust each other 100%, except you're actually putting pressure on that person's throat or whatever it happens to be in that way. And then that person taps out when they're, they've had enough. And then the person who is doing the defense, doing the attack, the trust is there and they let go. So there's, you know, it has to be, you have to really trust the people that you're working with and know that they're going to let go. Otherwise, you could, you could be in a lot of trouble. But it also it teaches you how to be in a situation where if you are needing to defend yourself, you can. And it teaches you how to do that. So it was a mind mess, a mind thing, a mind, a lot of mental game for me for a, so many reasons. And I'm going to save, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to put it to you that way. I am going back and I'll have more to share when I do. And I think I may bring Jen on the podcast and we may talk about this specifically and how it has impacted me as far as moving forward and things that I'm going to do as far as you know, the workout and everything is great, but more the mind game piece of it and the mental the mental stuff. Mind game is not really the best way to put it, but the mental stuff and what it's done for me so far in my after my one lesson with her. So anyhow, we'll come back to that. Uh, I think that's just super important. And it was a it was a very big deal to me. And it meant a lot to have gone through that. So I think it'll be it'll be fun to talk to Jen one to one and actually talk about it with all of you. Then we went to a new place to try it, like a new play space, because um, on Sunday, John only had one tutoring session and Jackson's babysitter was only there for half the time. So we thought, okay, we got to do something together because we have about six hours before the kids are going to bed. So I, I looked up a new play space and there's one called the I think it's called the Chicago Treehouse and it's in Lake Zurich. So I think if you look up chicagotreehouse.com, you'll find it in Lake Zurich, Illinois on Rand Road. And it looked really great. I loved the fact that in Jordan's case, since he's under one, he got him for free, which I thought was awesome. Uh, and Jackson, I believe, uh, since he, you can go in there and you can eat food or you can just go and play in their play space. So we paid just for the play space because we weren't planning to have food there. And it, I think it was $11 for Jackson, which was fine. I mean, we, I mean, if you split it between the two of them, that was, you know, would have been totally understandable pricing so that was fine we went and it was really cool it was like a big structure all in the, the the structure itself was mostly enclosed with, with like netting see-through netting the whole theme of the place was really cute it was done sort of in like a I want to say cowboys southwestern theme and they had lots of different activities there were slides there were you know ring like almost like you could um, swing across these ring things you know for the kids that can do that and there was a big twisty slide and lots of like climbing up and down areas there's a little basketball court like a tiny little basketball court I mean it really they built it like it was an actual tree and that would like the play space was the branches coming off that tree which was really neat and then all the seating area there were tables you could sit at or they had big comfy couches that all surrounded the area and then there was a baby space that was really great I took Jordan in there it was all soft and mushy and fun little baby stuff to play around and it was it was pretty excellent so I spent some time in there with Jordan John was on hypervigilance watching Jackson one of the reasons that I can't by myself take the boys to any of these types of play spaces that aren't small enough for me to be able to see both of them is that Jackson will figure out 
the thing that he can do to get into the most trouble. He'll go into an unrestricted area. He'll push doors open that he's not supposed to push open. He'll set off alarms and he'll leave because he elopes. And he isn't doing it to be like a pest, though it often feels that way. He's not doing it. He's just incredibly curious. And sometimes I think he's doing it for attention. Like, hey, look, I found this thing. Um, You're busy focused on Jordan and I want you to focus on me or or I want something but I don't have the communication skills to tell you what I want and maybe what he's saying is I want to leave but he doesn't know how to tell me that so lots of times there's different things or he's just stinking curious like he wa- he wants to be able to climb up into the window because he sees that there's a ledge and he wants to be able to walk on it well that's a liability and he can't do that so lots of times are these things that happen the other thing that Jackson will do is when there's big play structures as oftentimes he'll go play through them play through them play through them and then he gets tired and he'll go and camp out on one of them now as long as he's out of the way I don't care and what I mean by out of the way is lots of times he camps himself out in front of the slide and that can get in the way of the kids that are trying to get out, go down the slide. So that can be a rough situation. But as long as he's in a corner or off to the side, I don't care if that's what he wants to do. The only time it's really a problem is when we can't find him. And that's happened before in one of those bouncy house play spaces where he'll go up in one that's enclosed and then we don't know which one he's in. So then we have to send somebody up to find him, which is just, you know, its own awkwardness. That hasn't happened in a while. But like I said, because he camps out in these, he ends up up in one of these structures and if we can't see through to see him we don't know where he is and that's a little scary because again he is a kid that will leave and elope and end up somewhere and if he's down the street and we don't know because we think he's up in one of these structures that's a problem so we're very we're hyper vigilant about making sure that we know where he is at all times and as long as he's safe you know we're we're we try to be as hands-off as we can be (laughs) try so This brings me to talking about transitions and some issues that have come up. Now, having had Jordan was a very big life transition for Jackson, and I think that rocked his world and not in the best way. Uh, Social stories, we told him all about it. We, you know, and I think he was as prepared as we could have made him. You know, he saw things being built. He definitely had some of those regression moments. He still does where he wants to go in and he wants to climb into the crib. I know that's very common and that's not and that's not a, a I mean that's a that's for even neurotypical kids that's that's a pretty common thing to happen there's a lot lots of times there's regression kids sometimes they'll the kids that were potty trained will will backtrack and th- all those things I know are totally normal reactions that kids have Jackson however because he has a speech and language disorder on top of the autism on top of the ADHD his processing is so takes longer to get the information out again I don't know that his processing to understand us is is the problem or if it just takes him longer to process and then he has then he doesn't know where to find the words to tell us what he wants or what he needs so lots of times it comes out in a physical response like I said trying to leave the room trying to do something that is not age appropriate like hit so We've, I don't know if I, I don't remember if I've talked much about the hitting that's happened with Jordan on this podcast, but we've had a major problem to the point where I've had to separate the boys. I, I want so much for them to be close and to get along and to enjoy each other's company. And Jordan thinks that the, the Jackson hung the moon. 
So he's so all about Jackson and he's social and wants to, to, to spend time with him and do things with him and touch him and touch his hair. And he very much wants to engage with Jackson and Jackson wants nothing to do with him. Jackson was laying basically on me, you know, with his head on my chest. Face it. So we we're both facing up, facing out. And Jordan started to reach over like he wanted to climb on over by us. And Jackson bit him. And it sucked. Because I think what was so heartbreaking was that Jordan looked so betrayed. So, how could you do this to me? So confused. And I just, it was like, I didn't even know how to respond. Because it's like you're, it's, it's the most hurtful thing when one of your kids is hurting your other kid it just feels so bad and I didn't ever understand that you know I didn't understand how bad that can feel and it's not like this is the first time but most of the time I get into this like protective mode but this time it felt so specific like how do you not know that he's a baby and you're going to hurt him if you bite him. You know, it hurts people when you bite them. You know this. You know it hurts people when you hit them. But it just, I don't know, it went through me in a way that that upset me deeply. So much so that, and I'm just going to be real, real honest here. I, I had, like, I had a real moment. I had a real moment of, I, I don't, I don't know what Jackson's future is going to be. Now, I don't know what Jackson's future is going to be. So me going into catastrophe mode on this was, you know, just a a purely emotional response. But I got really scared. And I thought, he's almost seven. And he has no empathy. He has no idea. Because as soon as this happened, it's not like he felt bad. It's not like he apologized. It's not like he, you know, responded in any way. And it broke me inside because I thought, I know my kid understands emotions in the most basic way. I mean, I think he does. I mean, I know he feels things. I see it on him. He's not a sociopath, right? And then I thought, oh my gosh, what if we never ever can teach him true empathy? And I don't mean that he won't feel empathy, but that he won't be able to express it. So I want to pause here and say something. There is a big stigma, a big, big, big stigma against people with autism, autistics who People say they don't have empathy, and it's crap, okay? I'm going to stand here. I'm going to tell you it's crap. That is wrong. There is a lot of empathy. Lots of times the problem is being able to express that the empathy is there or what that empathy looks like in a differently wired brain. So that, I have to just put that out there. But as a parent and seeing that experience I totally went there and I and I thought am I am I never going to be able to teach him expression of empathy in a way that is understandable to the rest of us. You know, we're in a world where we we I want desperately to climb into his brain and understand what's going on in there. I don't know that I ever will and it sucks because that kind of means that he is going to have to either at times adapt to us, which is super terrible for him I mean he should be able to be who he is but also in order for him and all of us to get along in society we have to figure this out I I can't have him being upset about something not expressing it in a in a more appropriate manner and then biting his 
brother or another baby or a child or anyone or doing something aggressive like that. I just can't have that. So we've also noticed that lately there's been a lot more he's been enjoying having a little bit more negative attention. I think it's the idea that attention in general is good, but we want him to want positive attention. So we've been working really hard to overstate the positive stuff again uh, and kind of ignore and diminish the negative stuff, though I will fully admit that my response to that was I got real, real quiet after he bit him and I just grabbed Jordan and I picked him up and walked away and cried. I cried. I sobbed. I sobbed like huge, heaving, terrible sobs because I was so just heartbroken by that whole experience uh, emotionally. But, you know, we got better. It got okay. John took him to bed and he put him to bed and he handled that, which I was really grateful for that. I, I think that so many factors you know, it does. I don't think it helps that Jordan is getting mobile now and he's in a place where he and Jackson are almost at the same point. Jackson's a little bit more advanced. I'll, I'll give him that. But they're going to get to a point where Jordan, if Jordan continues on what seems as though it's a neurotypical path, he and Jackson are going to come to a point where their play and their uh, communication and stuff are at the same level. And then Jordan might surpass Jackson kind of quickly and I don't know how to navigate that I don't know what's going to happen with that I don't know how I'm going to respond I don't know how we're going to handle it as parents I don't know if it's going to be an incredibly emotional experience or it may just happen without us noticing I don't know there's so been so much focus on Jackson for so long and now having Jordan and seeing him make these shifts like now he's actually I mean, he basically gets in his his playpen or his baby jail and he's on his feet. He wants to stand. He's in the crib. He's standing. Like it, it when Jordan masters something, it happens quickly. Like it, he'll do not do it, not do it, not do it. And then he gets it. And then it's like he has to do it all the time. Once he learned how to crawl, he was crawling all the time. Once he learned how to sit up, he was sitting up all the time. Once he was shifting from one to the other, he was doing it all the time. On his knees all the time, on his feet all the time. Yesterday, we actually saw him shuffle along a little bit as though he was using the gate to help him walk so walking is coming it's coming fast and again this is all because he's been an EI and made huge strides because of his physical therapist so I'm super grateful to her she's been amazing thank you Sarah and and Jordan's just making huge leaps now on the speech level now granted he's still 10 and a half months I know there are kids who are speaking at this age He's not. Nothing intentional. Mama, baba, dada, va, 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 all the, you know, sounds, but nothing's intentional yet. So I am looking at, at everything with a reserved caution. And if I see anything that we hit a point where we should have progressed past this, you know, I'm going to be calling EI again and having them come assess him for the language. I may be paranoid and I may be looking at this, you know, with a totally different eye. But when you have a kid already with special needs, uh, which is why I advocate everybody who thinks that there's anything that could be concerned about, don't don't hesitate to call EI because they're going to say no if, there's, if he's not enough delayed. They're gonna. He's not going to get, your child's not going to get services that they don't think are warranted because the state don't want to pay for it. So... 
So, and in Illinois, it's, he has to be delayed 30%. That's a lot. So, you know, Jordan definitely was having mobility issues. That's why we did this. And, you know, even if he eventually would have crawled or walked or whatever, he wasn't doing it well and he wasn't using his body right. Now he's using his body right, which is huge. And that's a huge gift. So I, I didn't do it so that he would walk early or do any of these things early. I was just happy to get his body working correctly. So moving on, transitions. So a lot of kids on the spectrum end up having issues with transitioning from one activity to another, one room to another, one situation to another, which is why you'll often see things like a visual schedule so that they can anticipate what's coming next. With Jackson, it's very 50-50 if the, if the schedules work for him because once he memorizes something and understands it, he doesn't need that stuff. Once we teach him the routine of something, he doesn't need a visual schedule it's not because he doesn't forget. He's he's got such a great memory, and lots of times with Jackson, we teach if we teach it to him sort of in the form of a song or some sort of a cadence that he can learn. Like I've said before, he learned to sing before he could talk. I think it's because he learns better with the having a melody and the lyrics and understanding all that together. Now, I'm not saying that having a visual visual schedule to begin with doesn't help those transitions so they can say this is what's coming next or here's what's coming up. I think that does help for new stuff. Uh, we have been terrible at home about visual schedules because John and I are such verbal people. Hello, I have a podcast. Hello, we have three podcasts, <laughs> okay? Uh, clearly, we are verbal people. We talk a lot and... I'm a little better at modulating my voice volume. John's a little not as good at that. Sorry, John. It's true. You know it's true. So he can often be really loud. I think, you know, and just not, he can't hear that he's being so loud that I think we are, there's a lot of noise in our home. There's a lot of verbal noise in our home a lot. Uh, so I think that's hard to switch. And it's funny because John actually works in a visual medium technically so do I but John's visual medium is he he draws he draws and he makes pictures and that's how he works so the fact that he is so verbal uh I do find that really funny actually so but we we have been very lax about it I don't think that it's a bad idea and I think that to foster more independence it would probably be a good idea to start bringing in some new pieces but at the moment Jackson's got the basics down it's more it's more letting us letting him take control of certain things for example the last I want to say maybe the last two weeks when I've gotten Jackson up from the table I've been making him put his plate and his cup in the sink and you would think well why wasn't he doing that all along you know what I don't know I really don't know I think part of it is that I have a sort of a little issue and I always want everything clean and if I'm focused on Jordan I'm just not paying attention to the fact that he could do that and you know, lots of times we're running late and I'll unstrap him and say, get up. And he runs to go put on his socks and shoes. And, you know, it's just like it didn't even occur to me that this would be a responsibility that he should have. So lately I've been making it his responsibility. I unstrap him and he gets up and I say, you know, where do you put your plate and your cup? And he puts them in the sink and then he goes and starts to put on his socks and shoes. Like he knows now this is the routine. Well, today I was I was dealing with Jordan. John was with him in, in the kitchen and he unstrapped him. And John is not one to want the table cleared. Just He just doesn't think about it. So he would have left the, the plate and the cup on the table. But Jackson said, put, put your plate and your cup in the sink. At which, you know, I wish he would have said, I put my plate and cup in the sink because that would be a correct pronoun and correct usage of the language but fine 
at least he but the point is that he made that it was all his prompt he did it and so he was like oh yeah John was like oh yeah yeah, yeah do that yeah yeah that's great and so he put it in and that was all on him so sometimes I have to remember that I've taught it I can release a little control and now he can remember that he has to do these things and now it's ingrained as part of his routine and I guess it gets it's okay as long as if routine is going to change that we don't that's what can often trigger a meltdown again transitions things that are different any sort of a change I read in a book once that talked about having a change card like you actually put like a visual that says now something's going to change than what we normally do and I keep meaning to make one for Jackson and teach him this concept and I just haven't done it yet Uh, I'm hoping that I will remember to do this at some point because it sounded like a really interesting and good idea and something that I could teach his team to do as well so what I've done at this point that's worked really well is when we get in the car and if we're not going straight home or we're not going to the very next thing that he's used to doing, I always tell him, Jackson, we're not going right home. We're actually going to go run a few errands. We have to go to the grocery store. And I don't give him like all the details, but I'll say we're going to run a few errands. If I say we're running a few errands, he knows that we're going to go to multiple places and they may not be places that he's aware of or understands. And then he kind of will go with it. If I forget to tell him and I start driving in the wrong direction and wrong is wrong in his mind, that's when we have a meltdown. So once I learned this, once I learned that as long as I tell him and he can anticipate that there's going to be something different, I usually can avoid too much stress on him. Other weird transitions that that kind of freak him out are if I, have, if I go the wrong way and I have to turn around, he doesn't like three-point turns. He freaks out. He used to freak out when I would back the car out of the driveway or back the car out of a parking space. Now that's not as much as what upsets him. It's really if I have to turn around. He's like, wait, 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 wait. We were going in this direction. Why are we turning around? What's happening? What's happening? And he kind of, his whole system freaks out. Uh, I will give him a lot of credit, though, that recently, and I give full credit to the OT for this because she's been working on re helping him him handle things and integrate his sensory issues but uh I do believe that that's gotten better because yesterday when we were going to this treehouse place I I I, the way that the GPS who else gets annoyed about a GPS that tells you to take a u-turn like really why don't I just turn earlier why are you telling me to go past this point and then you turn my way anyway I'm done really irritates me when they do that I think GPS should get it together but uh I it made me pass the the place and it was across a highway so I had to then turn and it was like make a u-turn I was like no so I had to go into another street and do a three-point turn and turn around and then get back make a right and go the correct way and all Jackson said was it's okay buddy it's okay buddy which is his self-soothing when something's upsetting him which is really kind of adorable and heartbreaking because that's what we say to him is it's okay buddy we're just doing this one thing you're fine you're safe it's okay buddy and then he'll say that you're safe you're fine you're safe you're fine you're safe it's so oh it's heartbreaking so but he only did it once and then we jumped in and said, hey, it's okay, bud. We're just turning around. We're going to be fine. We've got to go the other direction. Uh, mommy mommy has to go the other way, you know, and just sort of kept saying that. And he, he calmed down. I think he said maybe one other thing as I made the right turn, but that was it. And then he was over it. And I thought, well, that worked out well. So that was pretty nice. So yeah, sometimes we'll get lucky and, you know, think either he's maturing or those types of transitions he's, you know, 
he's getting used to the fact that these are things that happen in life and you kind of have to get over it. Um, my hope is that that will happen with Jordan. He's He's gotten to the point where he now accepts that Jordan's going to be around pretty much all the time. He doesn't really accept that he has to interact with Jordan unless it's on his terms. He's also a little jealous of all of Jordan's toys. He wants to play with them, which again, I don't know if that's because those are the toys that he thinks are ones that he can use that are, you know, they're wildly to, you know, if you're looking at the scale of what says on there, like zero to six months or six months to two years, he's obviously too old for them. But Jackson's development has him playing with toys that are a lot younger. So again, I'm happy he's playing. So I'm not really one to say, no, you can't have that. But it's hard because sometimes I, I don't want him, I don't know if he's taking them because they're Jordan's toys and he is trying to keep something away from him or he's trying to get it for himself because of the whole, you know, jealousy thing. Or if he's literally like, oh, I didn't even realize that that was a fun toy to play with and now I see how I can play with it and how I want to play with it. So I can't, I can't navigate it and I just, I deal with it in the moment. No, sorry, buddy, Jordan's playing with that right now. So you can't have it. When Jordan's done with it, you can play with it or, you know, whatever the thing is. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll come back in the next six months and have better news about how they're developing as brothers and things are going. Uh, but yeah, the aggression piece, I, I really hope that it starts to take a back seat. Uh, and maybe we can, as long as we can up the language a little bit, maybe we can get him to express to us a little bit more what's happening. And I did bring up with his team trying to integrate more or start a program that teaches a little bit more specifics on empathy even just the basics of empathy because I really need that I think that piece is going to be really important and I do not know where to start there so yay team to help all right Whew. I feel like I went through a whole emotional experience there you know I I think that as we continue it's super helpful if you hear anything on this podcast that you're like oh I want to respond to that or I have something I want to say to that find me on social media I'm at Ali Real to Real that's Ali A-L-I Real R-E-A-L T-O-R-E-E-L and that's in both Instagram and on Facebook and you can find the podcast at actinguppodcast.com we're on Podbean Spotify Google Play Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, you can usually find us. Uh, and, you know, if you have any thoughts or feelings on this, please share them with me. You can also always rate and review this podcast uh, on, on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Uh, they, you know, the more that it gets reviewed, the more people see it, the more people who are also going through transitions <laughs> with their own kids can see it. Yeah, so... That's pretty much it. I, I just want to say thanks to all of you for listening and for your support. I had a pretty emotional post the other day and and you all sort of came out and, and really supported me and I really appreciated that. It just made me feel like what I'm doing is maybe not just for me. Maybe, maybe it helps some of you. So um, that was super nice to see you. So thanks again. I really appreciate it. So for now, let's just take it one day at a time one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time. And just hang in there, friends. We're all in this together. <laughs>